0: Hey guys, and welcome to Murder, She Spoke. I'm Caitlin O'Malley, and I'm your host of this podcast. All right, guys. So technically for me, today is October 1st because I'm recording in advance each time because I'm going to be really busy over the month of October. So um, every day that I have off, I am trying to just bash out as many episodes as possible. It's actually very, very time consuming. Um, so technically for me, it's October 1st, and this episode will not be coming out for you guys until... Um, next Tuesday, um, so yeah. Anyways, um, life's well, been going good. I'm really, really excited about this episode, um, and a few things I actually really wanted to me- uh, mention about last week's episode that I recorded, um, which was uh, Robert Pickton, with, um, you know, the nice little pig farmer dude. Yeah, everyone's favorite. Um, turns out that after I recorded it, one of my um, friends told me that her mum knew one of the workers on that farm which is so creepy and I love those like little special connections and then I actually posted on my Instagram and one of my clients from work she commented on it and she was like oh this story like forever creeped me out and turns out that her school used to be really close to his farm which is so scary so that's the nice thing about doing Canadian stories and like living in Canada when I do do them like hopefully they'll be like different connections oh, and not in like a horrible way hopefully they don't actually know them personally but um you know just those weird little encounters but um yeah i'm really really excited i actually uh, caved and i bought like disney plus because i've been logged into one of my friend's sister's account and then the mom like logged us all out which was kind of shitty so now i'm actually having to pay for it myself <laughs> um so i can't wait to like watch like hocus pocus and halloween town and all those really really good Halloween traditional movies um so that'll be really really fantastic and then um it's actually my friend's birthday tomorrow but even though it's absolutely coming out next week I just want to say happy birthday to my friend Katie love you long time um I always want to say love you long Tim and it's like this really funny quote from The Office when, um, I don't know if any of you guys watch The Office, but when Michael Scott puts like eyeballs on his computer and he figures out that he can like um, get his computer to type or speak every time he types so he's like trying to tell Jim and Pam that he's like oh I love you long time and he types I love you long Tim and they're like who is long Tim (laughs) and he's like getting all mad at the keyboard and I always want to quote that but I feel like nobody ever knows what I'm talking about when I say I love you long Tim and it always cracks me up The Office is one of my favourite shows in the whole world um, I can never get sick of it and my little sister now is also obsessed with it um, so yeah um, but yeah that's all things that are going on um, Chris's parents are arriving which will be really fun um, and we're going to have a great time with them and uh yeah I guess just kind of getting I'm gonna do a Friendsgiving as well which is gonna be so exciting um and then we're going away for actual Thanksgiving weekend which is gonna be the best time ever um but yeah just I'm so glad that it is actually October now and I feel like I can actually turn on all my Halloween lights without being judged by my family and my boyfriend <laughs> it's just such a great time of year I can't even compare it to Christmas because I just love them equally as much um but yeah, so that's kind of all that is going on right now. Again, if you have any spooky stories, I had a lot of people after um, I posted on my Instagram story the other day, if you, like telling me if they had like any scary stories, which a lot of them did, which I love. So please, again, if you have any, they don't even have to be like that scary. Just something that maybe you thought was scary or like a weird encounter. Um, at the end of an episode. I actually was gonna have people come on and then I'm like, ugh, like maybe not with COVID right now. I shouldn't be doing that because I don't really know how to sanitize like a microphone when it's like got like that foamy top on it and stuff. So I don't really want to be risking doing anything like that right now at the moment. So I'm just gonna get people to write in their stories and then I'm gonna do one at the end of each episode, um, which I'm really excited about because I have some good ones that are just mine that I'm gonna do today. And then next week, I'm gonna have a few more that I'm gonna do. But uh, yeah, anyways, so let's get started um i hope you guys enjoy this episode uh or it's kind of a freaky one um and it's there's a tv show and a movie that are related to it so i can't wait to jump into it enjoy guys happy listening all right guys so here we go um in today's episode i'm going to be doing enfield haunting or the enfield poltergeist um where i first heard the story was actually probably back in like 2015 um when it came out on television i think it was either a bbc show or a sky show but i'm pretty sure it was bbc um and basically my mom was like, Caitlin, you have to come watch this. She's like, I actually remember like my grandma, like my mom um, talking about it and reading it in the newspaper. And I was like, okay, I'm hooked. And the TV show guys is amazing. I literally could not sleep awake. I was shitting myself the whole time, but it's fantastic. It's so well done. And I think I want the lead investigators Uh, Playfair he is actually a character out of like Harry Potter but I I don't watch Harry Potter he's one like the googly eye like the wobbly eye I'm pretty sure um but anyways it's such a good show and I highly recommend it you can probably find it on YouTube now or if you live in the UK or Ireland you have to watch it it is just such a good show and also The Conjuring 2 is based off the story and then like The Nun that's in it and everything um that's a little more exaggerated There's nothing to do with a nun in this story. Um, That's obviously to do with, um, you know, The Conjuring and stuff with Ed and Lorraine Warren, which everyone knows who they are. And if you don't, I'll tell you a little bit about them in this story. Um, But yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. So I would highly recommend um, watching that show if you haven't yet or going to see The Conjuring 2. It is scary, just warning you. It does give you the heebie-jeebies. But again, I love scary movies, so... I think um, most people who are probably listening to this podcast don't mind them either. Um, So the Enfield poltergeist is a horrifying period in apparent poltergeist activity in Enfield, London, England between August 1997 and September 1978 with an added terrifying outburst in August of 1980. So in August 1977, single parent Peggy Hodgson called police in her rented home in Enfield. So her home was actually a council house. So they were already living in kind of like a poor part of town like a little bit of a run-down area. Um, and she was claiming that she had witnessed furniture moving and two of her children said that knocking sounds were coming on the, from like the walls. The children included Margaret, age 13, and Janet, age 11. Um, a police constable said that she saw a chair wobble and slide but could not determine the cause of the movement. Um, she later claims that disembodied voices, loud noises, thrown toys overturned chairs and children levitating so creepy um over a period of eight months more than 30 people including neighbors uh psychic researchers and journalists said that they variously saw heavy furniture moving in its own accord, objects being thrown across the room, and the daughters seeming to levitate several feet off the ground. Many also heard recorded knocking noises and, gruff, and a gruff voice coming from one of the daughters. Uh, the story was covered in the Daily Mirror until reports came to an end in 1979. So that's kind of like a little background of like where we're going to be going into. So what really actually happened in 284 Green Street between August 1977 and the late autumn of 1978? Um, the events have been well documented and just as extensively disputed. So according to Guy Leon Playfair, the paranormal investigator who was there and who wrote the book, this house is haunted, which you can actually get on Amazon and anywhere Um, I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure there's an audiobook of it, so I'm definitely going to listen to that. It sounds, it could be a good read. Um, Janet and her family were in terrorized by a malicious spirit for 14 months, which is actually quite a long time. And I think back then, too, you know, if you're living in a, basically, like a low-income area, nobody really wants to help you. Or nobody really believes you, especially when it's a single mom. And, you know, she has, I think it's, like, three other kids and stuff it, it it's really hard to get the help that you need um so i, I could imagine that was like quite hard but anyways uh playfair remains convinced that this was true that janet her sister margaret their brother and mother peggy were um you know attacked by this like poltergeist and you know haunted their home for a long time so janet the focus of attention was supposedly like or lifted from her bed and saw furniture move and looked on her objects when um they flew spontaneously across the room so there was a lot of stuff and even in the show when they do this when it's kind of like at the beginning before any investigators or paranormal investigators come in um they do a really good job of um i guess like freaking you out in that sense and you know it's really creepy because it's in a whole old home and it's dark and you can feel how cold and damp it would be there and um it the brother like the, the, the he's the youngest he actually has a stutter in the show and um it's just like so cute like you really sympathize with him cuz he's such a, he's such like a small character in the show but like when he does come on and he does speak you're like oh my little heart just melts for him so, uh, most disturbingly, she also began to speak in the rasping voice of an old man thought by Playfair and his colleague, Maurice Gross, to be the spirit of Bill Wilkins, an old man who had died in the house. Now, when, if you do watch the show, if you watch like, the movie The Conjuring, it is the most terrifying thing. Even like if you don't believe this stuff, I find it so scary. Like That stuff just does not sit with me well. Like whatever about serial killers and mass murders and whatever. I find like paranormal stuff far more terrifying. (laughs) I feel like it's because you don't really have much control over it. I mean you don't have control over serial killers either. But I mean there's something about lying in your bed in the dark and something touching your foot that you have no idea that it's going to happen. And it's just like so scary. wasn't? Whereas, whereas like maybe you wake up and you'd see someone like with a knife and you might be able to like at least fight them off. Well that's where my head goes anyways. <laughs> but there's just something about a scary ghost picking you up and flying you around the air. I mean you'd have to be a fairly uh, strong ghost to be picking me up. But anyways um, or you know whatever you want to call them poltergeists. <laughs> but that's just the way I think. I'm like that is just terrifying to me. So um so was the Enfield haunting real is what everyone wants to know and I personally believe it was real maybe that's just because I love that stuff and I want it to be real but there's a lot of arguments to say that yes it was um when the police visited at wpc reported seeing an armchair being moved forward and flipped over so the police officer at the time the female police officer at the time that i talked about um earlier on there in, in the beginning of the episode she actually had to sign an affidavit to affirm that the chair did in fact move because you know if a police officer says yes okay i did see it and you know they have to prove that they did and they have to sign a piece of paper to be like yes i actually did see this like this did actually happen then i guess it's more believable <laughs> um and then neighbors also reported disturbing occurrences and one claimed to have actually seen a figure of a man sitting on a table at the end of the house uh when supposed with the house is like empty and there's no one home and repeated checks for wires and proof of trickery yielded nothing so people were constantly being skeptical of this family but then you know some people actually would see stuff and they'd be like oh snap like that is creepy uh, and they again and i they do a really good way of like making the house even look creepy and of course it's it a gloomy city and it's rainy and it's you know winter to- well it's like autumn so it's got that kind of cold wind coming in after the summer um so then so we're moving on into the voice the voice i think is like one of the creepiest things because she has been like taken over by this like creepy old man so, Janet, Lee, Janet reportedly spoke in the voice of Bill Wilkins for hours on end, something which some voice experts believe would have been impossible to do without damaging her vocal cords. The deep voice could have also been reproduced by so called false vocal cords that we all used from time to, time to time to produce such tones. But many claim it is impossible to produce these tones for a long period, and Janet did for hours on end. Gross um, has hundreds of hours. Of recordings of the poltergeist, an extraordinary collection. In fact, it's it's really I actually listened to a few of them and there's a lot of this stuff on YouTube. Like there's even um even if you want to Google um all the old like newspaper articles on it. It's crazy and it's kind of sad actually. Um because a lot of people were skeptical of this family and of course they're being like terrorized in their home. And then there's um some really good like YouTube um interviews of the family later on being like interviewed like a few years later. Um so he also experienced her with her mouth taped up and filled with water so they tried all these different tricks to see okay so is she just really good at being a ventriloquist I hope I said that word right god I'm honest to god guys if you don't know by now on the fifth episode that I literally have like I get in such bad tongue twisters when I speak I can't even say that um then this probably isn't the podcast for you because I'm not a very good speaker (laughs) um but yeah so they tried all these different tips or tricks sorry to see if she was faking this voice and if she was you know playing um playing the jokester i guess against these uh, paranormal investigators but in fact you know it um they tried all these things like filling her mouth up with water and taping her mouth after and there was still that horrible voice coming from her um janet described the experience of uh the voicing of bill um in spooky terms as if he was standing behind her making her speak which is so scary and this girl's only 11 years old like god that'd be so scary i was terrified of the dark when i was 11 so um to think that there could have been like a little poltergeist making me sound like a Creepy old man would be absolutely horrible. So, um, other paranormal investigators who studied the case included American demonologists Ed and Lorraine Warren. So this is what I was talking about earlier on. And if you've watched any of the conjuring movies, you'll see that they've been in them and um they do play very good characters, and that's what I really like about um the conjuring movies, is they're so well done. They're not like a cringy cheap horror movie like they're just fantastic so the warrens visited the enfield house in 1978 and were convinced that the events of the supernatural uh were convinced that they had actually happened so um so some of the other cases that ed and lorraine warren have actually done is the amiable case about the doll um you guys have probably heard of like Amnival so that animal horror about when the whole family were like found shot dead in the house by i think it was the dad And the Snecker House, the Union Cemetery, and many, many more. So these guys are pretty big. Like, but it is known that Ed Warren thought the girls were telling the truth, but it's also known that he liked to exaggerate some of his stories. He seems like my kind of guy. Uh I love a bit of exaggeration. As an Irish person, we love to put a few legs on our stories. Uh I know I do anyways. I love telling a story, but I like I like to exaggerate it. And like, that's just me. There's no point in being like, you know, like I was saying about like my um, boyfriend's cousin who came out. And I was like, oh, like, when I tell the story, I want to add so many things. Like maybe that they got pulled out of the bed or pulled out of their um, truck by a little bit by the um, bear. <laughs> like I can't do that because it's not my story to tell. It's someone else's. But, you know, that's how tales become so big and you know wide is because so many people like to add their own little bits and pieces onto it and I definitely get that from the O'Malley side of the family my dad's side of the family like we are notorious for adding shit onto our stories um but I love it though but just don't ever come with a half story because we don't we don't want to hear that we want to get the full story want like a little bit of this and a little bit of that in it but um anyway so he was known to exaggerate his stories, so people don't always believe a lot of stuff that he was talking about so um then again we have people who are like was the story real and a lot of people thought it wasn't so were they just very good ventriloquists so many people including the daily mirror photographer who met the girls photographer (laughs) who met the girls felt that the poltergeist was simply a girl um putting a silly voice on and was convinced that the activity was part of an obvious hoax quote First, there was marble throwing, then there was knocking, and oh, yes, then there's the voice. End quote, he said. Ray Allen, the Vancoultress, visited Janet and they said the voice was exceptionally well done. So he thinks this um, magician who is really good at doing, bang, I don't know, what the Vancoultress whatever it's called, he thinks that she's doing that and he doesn't actually believe that she's being possessed by anyone because he's a professional addict. and i use that very sarcastically um the girls definitely did fix some of it uh gross and playfair admit that the girls fixed some of it a video camera caught janet bending spoons and attempted to bend an iron bar once gross had observed that janet was banging on the handle of the ceiling and hiding his tape recorder if they really were Um, played by the uh, poltergeist why would they need to fake anything so my theory on why they were caught faking some of the stuff was that maybe it wasn't enough for when the investigators did come and the police did come that um you know they needed to add a few more bits and pieces to it in order to get the help they needed because even if it was small i don't care if It was the smallest thing ever. Like cups constantly falling off the shelf. I would want a priest in my house. And I want him to freaking get rid of whatever the hell was in my house. Like so clearly these small actions that are happening in their house. Aren't enough to catch the eye of the public. So I can see why maybe like the little girl was like. Okay I really need to exaggerate this. I kind of need to add a few more bits and pieces in. And unfortunately she did get caught. Which did make a lot of like skeptics more skeptical i guess so that is really hard but i can imagine the reason being why they did that is because they literally didn't have enough money to probably get the right people in to get the right immediate attention because they went straight to the newspaper first which is how they got the attention of the public but it wasn't enough like a lot of people didn't believe them so um john bealoff a leading in society for research um on like you know psychology uh visited the house and decided the events were a result of a hoax magician bob cootie which i think is such a funny name i mean maybe it's not but i'm pretty sure it's cootie um had heard tapes of janet speaking as bill and concluded quote having listened to them very carefully i came to the conclusion that there was nothing in what i had heard that was beyond capabilities of of an imaginative imaginative teenager end quote so again, they had like another magician come in and he also didn't believe it. So they're literally just getting hit down, and knocked down by lots of people. But then again, I think it was half and half. People did believe and people also did not believe. So as the other skeptics, US skeptic Joe Nickel has debunked the claims. He states the remote controlled still camera decepting. Dis- uh, janet levitating in midair actually shows her bouncing on the bed as if it was a trampoline harris called the photos examples of common quote gymnastics end quote and said quote worth remembering that janet was a school sports champion he includes quote as a magician experienced in the dynamics of trickery i have carefully examined play for his lengthy account of the disturbances at enfield and have concluded that they are best best explained as children's pranks end quote so there is some pictures that I'll be posting on my Instagram and there is like the one of her kind of like up in the air like screaming and she does look very scary but again anyone could have taken that even you know in the 80s or I guess like the late 70s um it looks like she did just jump off the bed but I remember actually looking at that photo when I first um, watch the Phil haunting that TV show, and seeing her like jump off the bed like that, and I saw that photo, and it actually did still scare me, regardless if it was fake or not. It's terrifying, and like her little siblings were in the bed, like lying next to her, and she's just like, her hair's like up in the air, and her face is like screaming, and it, it's just really creepy, and of course it's an old photo on top of it, so. Um, and the thing is, like, people do enjoy committing hoaxes. So the girls could have known that Bill Wilkins um, had died in the house and invented the whole story. Deborah Hyde, um, extraordinary chief of the Skeptic magazine, says people often see experience and that they want to believe so-called, quote, top-down processing, end quote. She also says that there is no evidence under controlled conditions that anything supernatural took place. Uh, Maurice Gross too who lost his own daughter also called Janet which is actually what kind of drew him to the case and in the show they do a really really good relationship between um Janet the character and um Mr. Gross and sorry I totally got mixed up there Mr. Gross is the one that was in Harry Potter um not Playfair um and you actually your heart kind of melts for him because you know he he lost his own daughter as well and he's dealing with like He's still mourning over that, um, even though it happened years back. And the fact that like his daughter was named Janet and this daughter, this young lady is named Janet as well. I think he's just like, I need to help. Like he feels that there's like personal draw to this case. So that was really sad. And I do like a really good relationship between those two characters um in that show. Um so um did he ignore the evidence that suggested it was a hoax? that's the thing it's like was he so drawn into it because he wanted to help this young girl because it reminded of his own daughter you don't know like I personally think that he actually did want to help and um he wasn't you know being blindsided by the fact that it could have been his own daughter you know so but as Janet says in this morning interview in 2012 that's when I was talking about that's on YouTube and I've watched that that's very good and again like I said you can listen to any of the tapes on YouTube as well and probably like different um websites um, you weren't there love you don't know what I went through or how bad I feel today it will always be with me end quote um, and it's true like it, it's quite sad to think that like you know she was made fun of in the papers quite a bit and like the family weren't taken seriously and that happened years ago like now she's like in that interview I'd say she's like in her f- late 40s and it's quite sad to think that, like, it still haunts her. Like, who wouldn't still be haunted by that? Like, it's so terrifying. Um, Like, even some of the stories that I'm going to be telling at the end of this, they still give me the hebe fucking jeebies Like, I hate thinking about them. And, like, it's just so scary. Like, you just hope that it never happens to you. And then Play for adds, quote, If you think... I could have been deceived by this clever little girl for 15 months. You are very, very wrong. End quote. So that is the story of the Enfield haunting. And there's so many cool things. Of course, like it, it's actually quite hard to find a lot of the information like that went on. And like um, how many other spooky things. I could go off of all of like what was on the show. But I'm not sure if all that is real. Um, but the show again I can't stop praising it it is just so good again UK television always has got the best TV shows um you can't you honestly can't go wrong with it um so please give that a watch so it is called the Enfield Haunting and then the other movie to do with the Enfield Haunting or the Enfield Poltergeist is The Conjuring 2 um and there is a book on Amazon This House is Haunted um that that one investigator investigator playfair uh wrote uh, which is available on amazon and everything and where i got most of like my information was um that wiki fan page which they have like it's a lot more like detailed work and everything that's on that page and then i also went through a lot of like, the old newspapers that you could find on google as well and uh yeah so definitely check out those things on youtube and i'll be posting some pictures as well of like the family and everything and the investigators um to me that was like one of like the best stories i love it and mostly because i did love the tv show so definitely give that a little uh check out but so i guess moving on to one of my own kind of spooky stories um was actually the very first, I think, paranormal experience I've ever had was um, living in Ireland. I think we were actually, we had just moved back from California and our house was being built in Ireland. So we're staying in my um, grandma and granddad's house in Westport in County Mayo. And um, it it was on a street called Peter Street and it was a really old house and it had three stories and I I always felt really afraid of that house and I'll never forget the time it was being built I went I think it was in, it was in the summertime or something and me and my cousins the Murphys we were up in the back garden and the house next to it um, it had actually been burnt down and I think it was like a little girl's room or like a, a teenager's room or something but we remember it being girly and you could actually from the bottom of the garden because that was on the third floor and you could see the whole her whole room or it was like knocked down or something along those lines, but we I remember it being like burnt or something. Um, and I remember that scared us because we were like, Oh, like, did everyone die in the house? Like, you know, just being kids and being so imaginative. Um, well, that's where my imagination went, anyways. But so we were always really afraid of that house, and even some of my cousins have like really freaky stories. But one night. My sister and i we were sleeping up in the very top room to the right of the house that overlooked like the main street and um we're lying in bed and my lampshade was off because like we had to go to bed we had school in the morning and everything and the lampshade starts turning off and on it's like flickering off and on and it's going crazy and i was like oh jesus christ what the hell is this so i start panicking because i don't want to get out of my bed i'm sweating and like i even have goosebumps right now i've been thinking about this story and down the hallway, probably about, like, five steps, the tiny, teeny bathroom. This bathroom, you couldn't even compare it to a closet. It is the smallest bathroom ever. It's really, really tiny. Uh, my grandma and grandma did a really good um, job of um, designing that house and making it look cute and, like, old-fashioned and everything. But this bathroom is tiny. And the bathroom door was left open. Next thing... All you can hear is the taps in that bathroom turned on to full blowing speed, like to absolute max. So, so fast. So if you were to stick your finger underneath that water, like your hand would just like bend back. And I was screaming. My sister was screaming. We were screaming at the top of our lungs. And I don't know why, but like my grand, my my mum and dad were out, and it was only Granddad in the house. And Ethan and Kyle were downstairs in the on like the middle floor in their bunk beds and I was screaming at the top of my lungs for granddad and he came running up the stairs and he turned off the taps and he turned on the bedroom light and I am in hysterics I'm like granddad granddad like I actually sorry I totally forgot to mention the beginning of this episode or sorry beginning of the story um that I was practicing Irish dancing around the room and then I went into bed because I got told off because like my brothers were sleeping right underneath there that I was making too much of like a ruckus and I like got told off so I was already sad lying in bed with my light turned off and the lights started flickering on and off so it was just a whole night of emotions basically but my grandma came upstairs and he's like Giggling to himself, like he's like laughing. And he was like, Oh girls, like what's wrong? And I'm like, the lights are flickering on and off and then the taps turned on by themselves and I didn't do it. I promise I didn't do it. And he's just like, Oh, like, no, they didn't turn on by themselves. Like he did not believe me at all. Like, not even in the slightest did he believe me. And I remember after that, then um before we moved to Canada, we had sold the house that we built originally, and that's in the story that I'm telling you, and we had moved back into my grandma and granddad's house just before he moved to Canada at that age then I was 16 around probably sorry probably the age of like 15 16 and the taps in that bathroom turned on still like probably like three more times so there's probably about about four times the taps in that bathroom turned on when I lived in that house and I mean full-blown speed like not dripping like so loud that you can actually hear the water coming from the bottom of the house up through the pipes it was so scary again I even have like goosebumps again even thinking about it like that house to this day gives them the heebie-jeebies and I do not like sleeping on the third floor of that house and to think that we used to be, like hide and go seek and everything oh it's just so fucking terrifying I hate it and then to add on to that story my um, cousin Ella and her friends and I might get the story a little wrong I'm going off memory here but she told me that her and her friends oh god I'm gonna get sick even thinking about this story we're staying in that house while um my granddad was away on holiday like we all have like keys to it and everything so we can and like Westport's like a big party town so it's really fun to like come in and like stay the night grandma and grandma live right in town so you can just walk down the road and you know there's literally pubs on top of pubs on top of pubs and um it's a beautiful place. I haven't gone. I love Westport. It's lovely. Anyways, so her and her friends were staying there, and there were, I don't know how many of them there were, but at, it's kind of like a long house. Even though it's three stories up, it's quite. It looks small, but it's long and it's tall. So when you go in the front door, it's a very like literally as in you go as in when you go in the front door at the very end of the hallway, there's the back door and to the left of the back door is um, like a little laundry room, and then there's like a little bathroom, and then to the right of that back door, it's, everything has a door in Ireland, like there's no open concept in houses in Ireland, until any old houses anyway, so down to the right of the hallway and the other doors is the kitchen and the dining room, so it's pitch black, and I guess like one of her friends was like walking down to the bathroom, and she just kind of went in, came back out again, and um she came into the sitting room and she was like oh girls like um did you see that there's like an old lady standing at the end of the hallway I like literally died when she told me that story and then apparently I think it was either my cousin Ella or maybe one of her friends were saying like oh my god like I saw that too but I didn't say anything because I thought I was seeing things like that house I'm telling you right now and my grandma would not agree with me because my grandma loves that house but that house is haunted I don't care what you say it was such a terrifying experience living in that house even as a small kid and just having those like memories also really good memories like it, it was fantastic for like good memories too but my god that house was so scary and I remember like just like even like the hallways in it and stuff and like running up and down the stairs I always just be. I have all the lights on and everything but I think those are all the stories that I have of that house but um anyways like I said for the month of October I'm going to be wanting to do like a little speaky story here and there so I already have some people that wrote me in some stories so I can't wait to share those with you um next week but those are two of my own and I'm trying to think if I have like any other ones um that I have but I know my mom and dad have lots of them so I can share let me know if you want me to share them with you and if you liked these ones I have because my parents have some really massive stories and as does my grandma actually you know what really quick I'm gonna tell you one more story because this one also scared the f out of me so I don't. I don't know why I did that the f I'm gonna just say fuck come on fifth episode and I'm deciding not to swear um anyways so really quick uh my grandparents own like a cafe in Lourdes in France which is like if you're Catholic it's the hot spot to go uh (laughs) it's just beautiful it's the land of holy water um I don't know how to explain it but anyways there's a lot of Irish pilgrims that go there and English and you know Spanish like literally all Europeans who are part of any pilgrim will go there but it was mostly Irish so my grandma and granddaughter decided to open up their own cafe and um the house they were living in I guess it used to be like an old hotel and there was like tons of stories to it and it's beautiful and looked over all these like tiny little streets and everything it was just such a beautiful part of the world and um again we had to like sleep up on the very top floor it was so scary that house already scared me and I used to actually go over there for summers um like if we were going camping in France like my parents would just like I would go over maybe like two or three weeks earlier and then stay with my grandma and granddad or there was a time where me and my cousin Ella actually went over for a summer and we worked with grandma and granddad and it was like the best summer ever it was great and, like, my grandma would try and teach us, like, French and everything. and But we mostly had, like, Irish and English people come into the cafe. So, anyways, this one summer, me and my sister went over. I think it was just, like, two weeks earlier. And me was only about, like, six years old or five years old at the time. And um, we are upstairs. We're coming down the stairs. And as you're coming down, it's like a, a windy staircase. As you're coming down... There's this little bathroom that's kind of on your way down the staircase. It's such a random spot. And the bathroom door just slammed shut right in front of us. And me and Mia like grabbed each other. We're like what the fuck was that? Um, I wasn't swearing at that age. But right now that's exactly what I would do. And I'd probably faint and collapse. But the thing is about that bathroom... Where it is, there's no way there could have been a draft. There's the tiniest, teeniest, imagine the smallest window possible in that bathroom, and it was closed. And it just slams like I could even feel the gust of wind from the door just being like blown in my face. And um, me and my sister immediately run downstairs to grandma and we're like, Grandma, grandma, this door just closed right in front of us. And like, Mia, like, she's only small, she's like, Yeah, grandma, like, it just closed. And like, we both saw it and so my grandma comes upstairs and we're like what if like someone like came up from the cafe and just started using that bathroom like how and the way they would have gone up they'd have to pass like a whole bunch of people so my grandma's like okay so she starts like knocking on the door the bathroom door is fucking locked it is locked grandma's like how on earth is it locked so immediately all of us think that Um, someone's in there, like someone is in that bathroom, because they've locked the door, you couldn't open the door, you couldn't twist the handle, nothing, so my grandma's like knocking on the door, she's like, she's like, bonjour, bonjour, because she thinks it's like someone French that's in there, and then she's like, hello, hello, and uh, I'll never forget my grandma doing that, and I'm sitting there like shaking in my boots, I'm like, oh god, I'm like, someone's died in there, I'm like, this is the worst possible thing that could happen, I'm like, this house really scares me, and then I think my grandma was out on like a motorbike ride and he came back and my grandma's like, you want to come upstairs at the bathroom door? Like it's locked. We think there's someone in there. My grandma comes home and he just twists the door and it opens and not a single person in sight. So that story alone is really scary about that apartment. And then one more about that place in France. Um, it's actually kind of a sad story about my sister. We were, um, staying there and this is this I think this is the same time me and my sister came out like a little earlier and basically the way that's laid out is the cafe is on like the main floor but there's like all these skylights looking down to like the storage area and not to mention there's like this little like art room of like these it's telling the story of um uh I think it's oh fuck what's her name oh, I can't remember is it the Virgin Mary no it's not the Virgin Mary Jesus, I can't remember. My grandma's gonna kill me for this for not remembering. But anyways, it's about how um she starts finding holy water in Lourdes, and that's why it's a famous place. And she was told by oh no, wait, the Virgin Mary told her where to um dig these holes in this place in France. I'm actually gonna look it up really quick because I was like I should really know um that story. But anyways, there's a story in um. Uh, basically france where she dug up all these holes and there was all these waters and it was like water that could like heal you of all these um different sicknesses and everything like that so basically in in the um basement or this place of this place in france uh there's like all these like statues of all these old people and they're like um they've even got like little bloody um costumes on and everything it's it's so scary um but uh yeah it's it's just it's really, oh yeah saint bernadette saint bernadette that's her name she was the one who dug all the holes and she was told by the virgin mary to dig these holes and that it would cure people who were sick in her town okay that's the story anyways this is such a sidebar of the story anyways all you can imagine is all these creepy fucking statues of saint bernadette sorry saint bernadette if you're listening but that was hella creepy when i was a kid um. And there's all these little storage rooms then for like the cafe. And then this little, um, I guess, like cinema room basically telling the story of St. Bernadette. So one day we're just about to get out to go out for dinner. We're actually going for pizza and we're so excited. My mom's really good friend, Mary Jo, who passed away to cancer, unfortunately. She was there visiting. And uh, we're all so excited to go out for this dinner. So all of us had already been dressed and we're actually going around playing on like the, what was called like my grandma's like deck or like, her back garden, but it was actually the top part of like the skylights looking down into the storage rooms and everything like that. Um, we're all hanging around, we're looking down these little streets in France, and my sister and my brother, um, were like playing with a little dog that was on this like terrace across the way, and my sister then is walking over towards the skylight, and on top of the skylight there's a plastic part first, and then underneath it, it's all glass, so it's a plastic part that's kind of in the shape of like a roof. And she started jumping up and down. And I remember she was wearing like a little green dress. And both me and Ethan turned around to her like, Mia, don't do that. It could break. And um, all Mia remembers is Ethan pretending he had like a pretend like a BB gun that he was shooting at this little dog on this terrace. And that's all she remembers. And the next thing, in the blink of an eye, we all saw it happen. Mia fell right through the skylight, through this glass thing and Our heart dropped. I think we stood there for maybe like a split second in shock and didn't even look down. All we saw was Mia's dress fly up over her head because she went down so fast and she was gone. Gone in an instant. And like I said before at the beginning of the story, um I think it was like an old hotel. So there's like it felt like lots of stories and there's tons of steps to get to the very top floor. And my parents were sleeping in the very top floor and all or not sleeping, they're getting ready to go out for dinner, sorry. And all of us are screaming at the top of our voices. We're like, mom, dad, Mia. And I remember even Kyle and Kyle never cries. Kyle is in hysterics. Ethan's in hysterics. I'm in hysterics. And I run to the very top floor. And from down there, it probably just sounds like our normal selves just screaming at each other. And like, I'm bashing in. And I remember like, my dad was probably in the shower. My mom was just like doing her makeup. And I'm like, Mia, she's fallen. She's fallen through. And then dad's like, geez, like my dad just went pale. And they come running down the stairs. And they can't find Mia anywhere. Because there's so many of these little storage rooms. We had to like try and find her way. There was no sound of her crying. Absolutely nothing at all. And finally they find her. And she is sitting on what we would call like a painter's bench. And my mum looks up above her. There's daggers of glass right above her head. From falling through the skylight. And my mum picks her up. And when she comes out into the light, because it's all dark, her foot was dangling off. It was literally being held on by tendons of her foot. Well, anyways, lucky enough, we're in France and they literally have some of the best doctors and surgeons ever. So two ambulances come, one for Mia, one for my granddad and my dad, because they are as pale as ghosts. And they had to like come and they had to like take her to the hospital. I remember there being blood everywhere. My mum had a tea towel wrapped around her foot to hold it on. We're all like sitting there, and I'm just like, what the what is happening? Like, this is so scary. Like, I cannot believe this just happened. And my sister was so calm, she wasn't even crying, she's probably in so much shock. And she's only five years old, and um, she goes in for surgery and everything like that. And I remember being so sad and so scared. And then my mum's friend. Mary Jo she came to the house and she got us pizza and chips from the pizza parlor right across the road from my grandma's house and I remember the chips tasting so delicious and just it was exactly what we needed after like such a traumatic night and then lucky enough Mia was fine and she got like a huge surgery on her foot and everything and it was all good but the funny story is most people when they go to Lourdes this place in France you go there to be healed and instead my sister left that place in a wheelchair and she actually had her first day of um I think it was junior infants and she had to go in a wheelchair so there's lots of cute little pictures of her in her wheelchair um, and her little uniform and everything going to school but yeah anyways that was a really scary story of my sister falling through the skylight and that door, and my grandma and granddad's house um this stuff definitely follows my family. I literally cannot wait to tell you guys more stories about like my family and their strange encounters. but um, yeah, anyways, I think that's everything that I have to tell you um I'm gonna definitely think of more stories to say along the way, but I love telling stories they're my favorite um it definitely is like I said in my family like my dad's stories he's such a good storyteller and I I think I pick up some of his traits in that sense but anyways that is all I had to share with you today please don't forget to rate review subscribe follow tell your friends tell your family you have no idea how much it means to me and please don't forget if you have any little stories to tell me Tell them to me, even if they, even if you're like, oh my god, like that sounds like a story that I knew. Can I, can I write in? Can I tell you? Please do. Like I want to hear it. Like that stuff to me is so interesting, and I want to hear. Like I hear so many crazy stories from my clients all day long. I'm like, I can't wait to like, you know, get their consent and share some of them with you guys. But, um, please do not be afraid to message me and tell me any of your spooky stories. Anyways, I hope you guys all have a good week. Um, I'm looking forward to doing Thursday's episode with you guys and having more spooky stories. But anyways, have a great work week, or whatever you're doing. If you're retired, enjoy retirement, or if you're just chilling at home, enjoying life. I hope life is treating you good. Um, And yeah, anyways, bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening.